I'm Dick Summer, and it's time to say goodnight. This is a quiet place to rest your head, a safe place to hide a hurting heart, a gentle place to fall. We just call this place goodnight. I am sitting here in my big, comfortable black leather poppet chair in the living room and proudly wearing my Save the Dinosaurs t-shirt. Ah, those were the days, my friend. We thought that never end. <laughs> Used to be, hey, if you wanted to feed your pet saber-toothed tiger back in those days, you know, you just put a, a barrel of warm milk out there by the cave door, and then you'd holler, here, kitty, 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 and then you'd jump back pretty fast because those guys didn't much care about who or what they saber-toothed, and you had to be careful. As a matter of fact... One guy over in a cave in Scotland, I think his name was Og, Og McMurdo, it was a Scottish guy, big guy, eight feet tall, 450 pounds, you know. You may have read about him on some of the cave walls because they say he invented basketball. He was a really big guy. So, you know, so if he did invent basketball, he probably had some pretty good moves, you'd think, but seems one day he got a little careless while he was feeding one of those really big dinosaurs, nasty beast that dino was, but slow. And Mac's big nasty guy was the forefather of the Tyrannosaurus Rex. Of course, by that time, it was really the old days, long time ago. Evolution really hadn't even picked up much speed back then, and neither had the dinosaurs. So our guy Mac used to call his dinosaur Instead of a Tyrannosaurus, he called him a Tywakasaurus Rex. And, and the dino really didn't like that. So this one day, when Mac got a little careless, a little slow, you know, he didn't jump back as fast as he should have when he fed the beast. And that's when that old dinosaur made Og McMurdo the first Big Mac in recorded history. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, you came here to learn things, didn't you? Right? Scientific things, like you always wanted to know what you call drinking low-calorie beer 365 days a year because it's less filling, right? You wanted to know that? Well, I'm here to tell you. You call that a light year. What do you call the time between slipping on a peel and smacking the pavement, huh? That's one banana second. Are you taking notes here? Good. Big Louie, his own bad self, the chief mustard cutter of the Louie Louie generation, knows that uh, his people want to know about the thousands of aches and pains that we seem to attract as we mature. Louie says a thousand aches is called one kilohertz. <laughs> as, uh, as you can probably tell, I have successfully resisted maturity. I simply refuse to mature. I will, I will ferment instead of maturing. And my lady wonder wench says I should stop this now. So I will. Dicks to tails. A bunch of totally unimportant stuff to stuff in your ear. So you can squeeze the important stuff that's keeping you awake at night out the other ear. And you can nod off comfortably to sleep. 40% of your guests at a party who use your bathroom will look in your medicine cabinet. And that's fascinating to me. And I'm thinking, hey, some guy's going to look in my medicine cabinet. You know what you ought to do? Put a, 
Put a pretty good-sized rat in there. That'll liven up the party, you know? <laughs> the state of Indiana ranks first in both tornado damage and mobile home sales. Coincidence? I think not. And the smart guys are now telling us that if you drink your coffee too hot, you can hurt your eyes. Actually, I think if your eyes hurt after you drink a cup of coffee, the first thing you do before you call 911 is you check and be sure that you remove the spoon from the cup. Dicks to tails. They take your mind off your mind. There were some really good things about the good old days and nights. I don't think they were really simpler. Eh? I think we were just younger, you know, so we figured we knew everything we could deal with whatever happened. I guess it's not news to you that I don't really remember the dinosaurs, but I do remember when kids had paper roots. And that was back in the days when we still had newspapers, of course. And I remember when Major League Baseball players took it one game at a time for the same team for their whole careers. And I remember hula hoops and record hops. Did a lot of those. American Bandstand. And no talking in school, you know. No talking. And learning the best way to protect yourself from a gazillion ton hydrogen bomb blast was to, to duck under your desk. That works. And you know what? I remember hiding my Emerson portable radio under my pillow to listen to Art Ford. Art Ford was the all-night disc jockey on WNEW in New York, where I grew up. And Art Ford always sounded like he was talking just to me in the middle of the night. So did the great Willie B. Williams. They were, they were splendid teachers because they were such brilliant examples of, of how the sound of a human voice on the air can be such a comfort, such a, such a companion, even if you're all by yourself. There was always some humor involved in, on, on the air and some information, you know, like you get in any station. But, but mostly the thing that I got when I was a little kid was a feeling of comfort and companionship. And I say, that, well, that's a wonderful thing to do. I want to do that. It's that human sound, you know, arm around the shoulder feeling that you can get when somebody's talking to you and it's obvious that they care about you. It's gone from radio now. And I'm going to bring it back. And you can help. I want your help with this. I'll tell you how in a few minutes, so please don't go away. But before we get to that, let me tell you a true story about how important the sound of a caring voice can be on the radio. There was a time in our lives when my lady wonder wench and I lived hundreds of miles apart. And for lots of reasons, the only contact we could have was that she could hear me on the air. And I knew it. So I started doing the love and touch stories on my show. And she knew that they were for and about her. And she had a favorite. She said it helped fill her nights. Her favorite was this one. It's called Walls. Walls run all around our lives. Backyard fences that hide drying laundry and swimming pools. Mirror-lens sunglasses that hide our eyes and our thoughts. Thin, polite smiles are walls. They hide sneers. And when hair is sprayed stiff enough, it keeps playful fingers and gentle breezes out. And there are walls you can't see, like the blank silences where gentle words should be. The space between single beds. 
There are even walls when people kiss, and she hugs herself instead of him, forcing her elbows up between them and not letting her softness spread warm on his chest. And does he call that kissing her? He seems to enjoy hurting her mouth. I've met people who do without walls, friends who welcome me to kitchens moist with cooking instead of formal living rooms, some who flip quarters to see who'll buy the beer, but would give me every cent they had if I needed it. A few who listen when I talk, laugh with me when I'm happy, cry with me when I fail. I even have friends, one or two, who really want me to succeed. And I have you. We've become two candles feeding one flame. But first we were good friends. And the change was on the night of a day that left me crumpled like an old raincoat carelessly tossed on a bed. You knew, and you came. And because you're my friend, you came without stopping to straighten your seams or fix your hair or do makeup repair. And you came with bare legs and wind-fresh hair and soft, hurt eyes. The momentum of your coming so fast took you across a wall I didn't even know was there. You came so close that I touched your dress. At first, inside, it was like a squirrel nibbling peanuts from the crease of my palm. But when you trembled as my fingers touched your hair and you sat slowly, all soft, like folding fur, I was running naked into warm ocean surf. I do remember bending down to kiss your open lips and seeing your left shoulder touch your ear. You were all lips that night, and everywhere I touched you, you kissed my fingertips. I heard my voice say, I love you. My sweet lady, those words still rub against my teeth and lips as smooth and gentle as your skin. I love you. When I'm told I love you too much, and I love you in this way that the world calls outrageous. And I will not stop. And I'll do what must be done to protect you. Must I build walls? Until around that time, I knew a lot more about other people than I knew about myself. I always wanted to build bridges, not walls. But sometimes, you know, you got to come to grips with the fact that the first step in getting what you really want is figuring out what that is. This story is called Walls. It's from the personal audio CD called Love and Touch. If you like it, you can just keep this podcast. 
Or if you want a fresh copy, go to www.dicksummer.com. Download it from the Love & Touch logo on the homepage. I used to call the people who listened to me on the air the huddle, as in a football game. You know, when the quarterback gets his guys around him and they figure a plan to protect each other while they make it to the goal. Well, back then, we needed to protect each other so we could make it through the night. That was the goal. And as I was saying, a simple human voice can help you to feel protected, you know, help keep you focused on getting where you want to go. And that's the idea behind the personal audio CDs and also behind this this podcast, the Goodnight Podcast. They're there when you want them. And it's also the idea for a streaming radio station that I'm going to put on the Internet in a few months. Now, it, it'll probably be called Keeping You Company Radio. And that's exactly what it's going to do. It'll be people talking to you. No politics, no screaming, maybe a little humor, you know. Mostly, though, it's going to be just real people telling you about their lives and maybe suggesting some ideas that you might want to try in your life. And and here's how you can help. Some of you have fascinating lives and fascinating stories to tell about them. So if you'd like to tell them on the Keeping You Company radio station, I'd like you to send them to me, all right? Preferably, I'd like you to record them and send them via MP3s. Now, look, you don't have to be famous or you don't have to race airplanes or be a firefighter or a major league ball player, nothing like that. I'm, I'm just looking for interesting lives. If you're a mom, what's that really like? You know, not, not the kind of thing you see on television. I mean, what's it really like? If you own a grocery store, I've seen a guy who owns a grocery store slip a couple of extra slices of cheese into a package for somebody that he knew was having a hard time. I bet you do things like that. So what what do you do in your life? What's your life all about? I'd like you to tell me about it. I really want to hear from you, okay? The email address is dick at dicksummer.com. Well, I don't really remember the dinosaurs. I just like wearing this shirt. (laughs) But I have been around for a while, and as I looked in the mirror shaving this morning, I couldn't help thinking about something that Big Louie always says. He says, when you're a kid, you make funny faces in the mirror. When you mature, the mirror does the same back at you. Time to tuck you in now. I'm Dick Summer, and I hope you'll come back soon for a gentle place to fall. Quiet place to rest your head. Safe place to hide a hurting heart. Nice and easy now. Couple of deep breaths. Come on. There you go. Just one more. That's better. All the way to sleep. All the way to sleep. Good night.